This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane. You know, we're recording this after Ohio State lost, but we are in good spirits because of how amazing of an episode we have coming to you right now. We recap the game. We preview the Big Ten Championship, Ohio State versus Northwestern with Mike Greenberg, Greeny. Yes, sir, that's true. And we talk a little college basketball and preview the Ohio State-North Carolina game. Oh, wait, actually, it's UCLA with Tate Frazier. So that didn't quite go how we wanted. Nonetheless, a great interview. But let's talk a little Purdue-Ohio State. Joey, initial thoughts. It is initial thoughts. It is so much more fun to record these after we win games than after we lose. But as you brought up, we all knew Ohio State was not going to go undefeated. Um, I, I think that there were a couple times in the game where they could have rolled over and just died, and they didn't. So there's some positives to take away. Um, your guess is as good as mine in terms of why the seniors were not in the starting lineup to start the game. We didn't get off to a great start. Um, we were down 5-0, I think, or whatever. Obviously, that didn't lose us the game at all. Um, but you're, I'm sure Holtman just wanted to shake it up, which is why I love him. Like, I respect it. Like, he's just trying to, he's just trying to get the most out of the guys, which is great. I, to my knowledge, the dudes aren't in trouble, so who cares? Get over it. I know everyone's asked, texting me about it and stuff. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just sitting in my apartment playing video games. Like, I don't, I'm not coaching. I think it's important to note who told who about the lineup change. Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew called me and goes, bro, what is going on with these guys? Are they hurt? Do they have COVID? Are they sick? I'm like, dude, Holman's probably just trying to send a message of some kind. And sure enough, the reports are out that Holman was like, no, they're not in trouble. It's not disciplinary. I'm just trying to shake it up. So there you go. Um, but, yeah, uh, initial thoughts from the game are, number one, we could have rolled over and we didn't. Number two, C.J. Walker is so dang awesome, like, He's so great in the pick and roll. He makes great decisions and great passes. Like, love his game. Love to see him to start off the uh, start yeah. off the game. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have been terrible to have him. To have been whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, did you know other takeaway? Do you know Justin Arns has not made a two pointer yet this year? Well, for a second, he hadn't even attempted. Did he take one in that game? I don't think so. So he, Justin Arns is taking a book out of out of the Joey Lane book, School of Basketball and deciding to go nowhere near the lane because there's danger is in the lane. So very smart of him. But uh, in all seriousness, it's hard to judge a game like the couple. The, the real main takeaways are number one, like our offense is meh sometimes, and that's because you know, like if it's not going well from deep and it's not going well with Dwayne and Justice, like. It was for stretches. There were stretches where they were great, and there were stretches where they were not. It's tough, just like with any team, um, because we don't have a go-to 25-point score. You know, we don't have a Miles Powell. We don't have a Cassius Winston. We don't have a, a microwave guy that's going to score 30 a game. I know you want Dwayne to be that, Andrew, but he's not right now. He hasn't been, we have, no. we have four guys who are going to score 12 to 17 points every game, which is awesome. But if one of the go- those guys is out, EJ Liddell, and the other three guys, you know, aren't good to great, then this is what happens. You know, like, it was a, it was a fine offensive performance, but you need more, especially against Purdue, who's a great defensive team. Um, our defense still was great. Trayvon, Travion Williams, however you say his name, forgive me, was unbelievable. Best player I mean, in the country. I mean, he had, like, his 
if you take out points, like he had his best game ever, career highs and assists, like was just dominating from the post position, which is very rare. Um, so kudos to him. I mean, this is not a Purdue Boilermaker team of old where they're going to go to the NCAA tournament. Well, they're probably, they might go to the NCAA tournament, but they're not going to go to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Whatever. They've never been to a Final Four. But, you know, you get, you get the gist of it. Um, so we should win that game in theory, but it's hard to win at Mackey. But that wasn't Mackey because there were no fans. So I'm just all over the place. We're literally recording this three minutes after the game ends, so it's hard to get my thoughts together. But I will umbrella a statement to end. Clearly, EJ Liddell is very important. And um, obviously, he's going he's gonna to be back either from this weekend or in three weeks. We don't know because that's how mono works. And you guys, if, it ha- if you don't know, he has mono. It's been announced a billion times. And um, so we shall see. It's not even like that EJ, the, just we need depth in the front court. That's just what it is. We got three, six, eight guys in the front court. Like that's like, you know, like. You play a team like Purdue, that's that stinks because what they they throw it in the post. So there you go. That's my long-winded answer. I feel like Tate Frazier with how I'm just like rambling on and on and on. You guys will hear, um, you'll hear that from uh, from after. But we're in good spirits. We're five and one. We lost without our best player on the road in the Big Ten. Ho hum. What's that's that's honestly expected. You know, like if we could steal this game, great. But we didn't. We played fine. And Ohio State's playing in the Big Ten Championship in football. So let's turn our attention to that. Well, well, hold on. Before we turn our attention to that, you talked about – I'm ready yeah. to move on, but we need to talk more hoops. I get it. Blah, 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 whatever. Um, we love Kyle Young, but he's not throw the ball into Kyle. We need a bucket. Right. And full disclosure, I didn't think EJ Liddell was going to be that this year. I don't know if anyone was expecting the start to the season that he had to happen but legitimately until he went out the offense kind of was able to say oh shit let's slow it down and throw the ball into EJ Liddell and get a bucket that's always been Holtman's philosophy is that short post so for just a little basketball terminology the deep post obviously is catching near the block and then the long post is like the mid-range jumper where you catch it. Like, if you think Kata baits the up, catching it at the elbow, squaring up and making a play, like, that's his bread and butter. Uh, you know, Caleb Wesson was great at that, but you throw him in the deep post. All of these revolve around the idea of throwing it in the post. That's Holtman's whole philosophy is getting a piece of the paint. So, whether that's by driving it or throwing it in the post, obviously throwing it in the post probably is easier. So, the truth of the matter is, they would love the offense to run through a post guy. So, it's great. Maybe – in theory, EJ probably isn't the quote-unquote go-to option. You know, that might be Justice or Dwayne. But he is the number one option because that's how we want to operate. So it's 100%. You're exactly right. Like, he is roll the ball in the post, and we will get a great shot, whether that's him scoring or him kicking it out or making the right decision. It's great to have a guy that you can throw it in the post for this offense, especially. And as great as Kyle is in doing the little things and great on defense and great at rebounding, and he makes great decisions out of the post, he is not a throw it in and get you a bucket. He can do it, but that's not his game. Last, last question I want to ask you about, about this game. We can talk a little bit more about it. Last question I have. So, and, and Holtman, and, and it's been reported that this was not a disciplinary thing. So, pretend it was. Pretend it was a disciplinary thing, and it was, hey, CJ and Kyle, you guys aren't starting tonight. 
what's your opinion on the fact that that is kind of punishing the whole team? Like if it leads to a loss, is it doing more harm than good? Um, it depends what the punishment is, right? If it's like a, a Holtman team rules thing that punishes the team, you know, if it's a non-conference game, not a big deal, right? Like, like you got to set, set, send, send the message. Like, for example, we played Texas Southern my, my junior year, and Caleb violated one of Holman's rules. It's not an Ohio State rule. It's not an NCAA rule, Big Ten rule. It's a Holman rule. So we sat him, and we didn't lose, and Caleb got the message, and it never happened again with him. So, like, that scenario, you do it because it sends a message to not only Caleb but the team, especially Caleb being a freshman. The idea of sitting someone and in turn – Obviously, if Holtman knew, you know, he was sitting someone to lose and they were going to lose the game, you know, obviously that would cross his mind. Like, okay, I don't want to do that. But you got to do what you got to do. At the end of the day, if, if it's a rule and you break the rule, there's a punishment for it. And, I mean, like, obviously whatever Holtman does works. You know, he's a great coach. Everyone loves playing for him. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, the idea of sitting a guy – Knowing that if you sit him, you'll lose is probably not something that crosses his mind, you know. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, like, in order for him to have them come off the bench, something must have happened and been worthy of it, whether it's a basketball thing or an off-the-court thing. So, like, I'm not going to question it for Holtman just because I've been in that locker room. If it was something else and a different team, of course, I'd sit here and be like, yeah, like, how are you going to – like sit a, a like how would you sit your starting quarterback in a game that you need to win to go to college football playoff because he was late to a team meeting you know like you probably aren't going to do that you're probably going to say okay after the season's over like you have 500 sprints or whatever you know yeah. like something personal like i understand that we used to there were different punishments and different levels where um if you did something on a personal level that only affected you and and you only crossed the line for you then you're going to suffer no one else. But there is a threshold that if you cross it and it begins to affect the team, whether it's directly or indirectly, everyone suffers. And it just makes the team say, hey, man, if you do that shit again, we're going to beat the shit out of you, so don't do it. Yeah. And then everyone gets closer and people don't do it anymore. So last thing we'll say about this, and then we'll move on to something else. I'm just so I'm, – I'm interested by it. Yeah. It's – What's interesting to me about it is Zed Key maybe matches up with this Purdue team better. They're huge. He's a big body. You know, maybe you want to slam him down with the bigs. Kyle's had some foul trouble issues. We saw him on the bike. So who knows about his 100% health. It's just CJ is like the one guy that to me I thought it was weird, especially when, and no offense to Jimmy Sotos, it's not like he's been coming off the bench and people are like, wow, it doesn't matter who you got on the court, Jimmy or, or CJ. So, I mean, it's a situation to monitor. I assume it's going to kind of just be swept under the rug and they'll be back out there the next game, normal starting lineup. But, but we'll see. We'll keep our eyes on it. If we hear anything, we're probably not going to tell you guys. But if we hear it and we can tell you guys, we'll tell you guys. Also, I'm a little, 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 little worried about Seth Towns. Not that he's not going to play, but I'm a little worried that a guy who hasn't played in X amount of time – is going to be thrown into Big Ten play. And we saw – it's a different situation, but we saw Jimmy is kind of taking a little time adjusting to, you know, being at Ohio State. So – and that was non-con. You throw Seth Towns, different non-con. player, different player. You got Seth Towns, different style of player, a number one, number one option at Harvard. You know, you're going to win the ballgame. No, so we don't know what we're going to see 
from him. It could be tough. So that's my rant. But yeah, yeah I'm selling my Ohio State basketball stock. That's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I think last thing I'll say. Um, We've said that so many times. CJ Walker, CJ Walker, head of the snake. We talk about it with Tate. Like something wants to happen for him to not be starting. Whatever. We're done. We're moving on. And then in terms of Seth Towns, what I'll say is, number one, he's a gamer. Like he'll be fine. But there is no doubt about it that there will be some sort of like you got to ease him in. Like he's not going to come back and play 35 minutes against Illinois. You know, like he'll come back and he'll play 10 minutes here, five minutes in each half. And he'll play 10 minutes straight in a half. You know, like they'll ease him in. So I'm not worried. Like, will he be super effective right away? Probably not if he is amazing. Like, I'm sure he wants to be. I'm sure everybody wants him to be. It's just, you know, you got to ease him in. So it's whatever. But you know who you don't have to ease in? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. (laughs) Wait, I want to say one more thing because I think it's a good line. Yeah, last thing you'll say. Last thing I'll say. Um, I think without EJ Liddell, Ohio State is outside of the top 25 and outside of the top five in the Big Ten. With EJ Liddell, I think the ceiling of and the potential is almost uncapped. Not to be the number one team in the country, not saying EJ Liddell comes back tomorrow, they're not going to lose another Big Ten game, but need him back, need really the roster at full strength, and then you're a top 25 team. It, it boils down to that. How many teams stay healthy the whole year? How many teams – Nothing goes wrong. I got faith in Holtman. He's been on the show. Um, <laughs> so you know who hasn't been on the show? Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. <laughs> but you know who has been on the show, and you'll hear it in a minute? Chris Olave. Mike Greenberg, who loves Justin Fields. The game this weekend, all right, Ohio State, Northwestern. Speaking of not being worried – I'm just going to come out and say it. We've said that, that Ohio State games have been boring. Let's have the most boring 52 nothing win ever. Yeah, I think it's simple in terms of, you know, obviously we want to win the Big Ten championship, but college football playoff, right? It's as simple as if they win, they're in. If they lose, they're out. It's as simple as that. And what Greeny talks about is clearly Ohio State's the better team and they're going to win nine times out of ten, right? There's no doubt about it. We just got to make sure whether it's, three to nothing or 300 to nothing. This is not the one time out of the 10 that Ohio State loses to Northwestern. And Greeny, yeah. he's, no, he's no fool, but he's, it's pretty funny when he talked about how much he loves Ohio State and he loves Ryan Day and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, but I'm not picking against my guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I got, no, I got no bad beef with Northwestern. No, we both love Northwestern. Like, By the way, shout out to Michigan. Amazing season, ending on a high note with the cancellation against Auburn. I'll say this, you know, Ohio State has had some COVID problems. Harbaugh's got that team in order under there. No no COVID problems, no cancellations. <laughs> hold on, hold on. on the- Michigan's, not playing, Michigan's not playing Auburn. <laughs> the only person going to Auburn is Urban Meyer. I didn't say I didn't say anything about Auburn. Yeah, you said they're playing Auburn. I said Harbaugh's got things under control. No, no, you said Michigan's playing and they're 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 playing against Auburn this week. No, I didn't. <laughs> we'll have to go back and check. The <laughs> I said I said shout out to Michigan for a great season against or with Harbaugh. You know Harbaugh's got the team in order. That's what I said. Yeah, but, but aren't they playing? They were supposed to play Iowa, right? 
Yeah, that's nothing to do. I didn't but say. I Auburn. thought you meant to say Iowa, but you said Auburn because it's kind of similar. Iowa, Auburn, Iowa. I think Auburn. you heard Harbaugh and Iowa, and you thought I said Auburn, or maybe I did say Auburn. But what I meant to say well, check was, the tape after. <laughs> what I meant to say was, what a shitty, shitty, shitty year for Michigan, and I think we're going to get a Harbaugh extension announcement oh. pretty soon. Yeah, no, I, it's a uh, it's a b- real bummer for Michigan, but who cares? Um, score prediction. It, score prediction. I'm going to go. See, this is one of the games where you bet Ohio State spread because they have to have to put the pounding on them. Um, I th- I'm assuming it's like 20 and a half probably. Um, I'll go I'll go 45-21, Ohio State. Okay, That's not even gonna, a pounding, but that's – I was going to okay. say 45-14. The spread is – why does it look all weird like this? The spread is, is like 20, 25, or 20, 20.5, depending on which book you grab it at. That's you a good guess. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. Too bad I think we they don't win. Gamble, like, know those off the top of our heads. <laughs> I think they win like 41 or 40, or 42 or 45 to 14. A similar, yeah. similar scoring prediction that you're predicting. Maybe they Northwestern gets a fourth quarter touchdown when Brian Day's already getting Gatorade poured him on the sideline, but – but I also think that they come out and they take care of business. They hold up the trophy and they're like, look, this is not the goal. You know, it was a shortened season. We expected to be here and day's going to make a statement like, and we're looking forward to the playoff. He's not going to leave it up to chance. They're going to pound him. Yeah. They're, they're going to ask him. It's clear. It's like when Holman was asked about the NCAA tournament, he goes, in my opinion, it's very clear. If you look at the resume and the teams we played, the teams we've beat that we are a tournament team. Ryan Day is going to take that a step further, and he's going to go, we're undefeated, playing in one of the best conferences in the country, which is not really true this year, but usually it is. We deserve a spot in the playoff, and I we're going to prepare to play in the playoff. You know, like, put his fucking – hey, cow, he's going to look at him and he's going to go, you fucking cowards. I dare you to not put us in the playoff. Put Archie it in Miller, Texas and see what happens. Archie Miller would say, we don't need the college football playoff guys from Sesame Street deciding that, uh, <laughs> that we shouldn't be in the playoff. <laughs> oh, Indiana fans are shitty that they are at 11. Aren't they at 11? Oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if they were 11, if they were 8, if they were You're 9. You're not getting in. It doesn't matter. Unless they were 5. Unless they were 5. And it wouldn't, there's no scenario where they would get in. Unless Clemson loses and A&M loses. There's no scenario where Indiana gets in. The Indiana fans are upset. I get it. It's fine. It, it, fans who deserve to be upset are Cincinnati fans. Yeah. But not even really. Not even really. Like, the only way people can be upset is if, is if Clemson loses and, and then A&M gets in. Because if Notre Dame loses and, and it's and they stay in and they fall to four, this is this is what I this is my playoff prediction because the playoff comes yeah. out this Sunday. My yeah. playoff prediction: Ohio State rolls like we we're saying. All right, I, I'm not I'm not predicting who's going to win Clemson or Notre Dame. I think it's going to be Clemson, and I think Notre Dame is going to fall to four. So it's going to be Bama, Notre Dame, or it's going to be Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. It's going to set up the Clemson. They want that. Ohio State rematch, which is what they want, because they want it for sure. They're not going to put it up to chance to be this, the championship. They want it for sure. Yeah. And I, I, who would you rather play, Clemson or Alabama? First round. Clemson. Bama's unbelievable. 
and yeah, we have but, the worst worst secondary in in the country. But 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 think about it like this: I'm playing devil's advocate because I think I agree with you. If we beat Alabama, confidence through the roof. Obviously, something went right for us. Like it's our it, we become the team of destiny. I'm going to agree with you on this too because, like. And I, I have faith in Day to get the team pumped up. But if you beat Clemson, I mean, that's the, that's the team that beats you. That's the team that they struggle against. That's, like, who the hype is for. And I don't think that's going to be the ma- – I think the matchup is going to be Clemson. So, I don't think this is even going to matter, the hypothetical yeah. we're saying. But if I'm a coach, it's tough to get guys, like, riled up for the next game when you just beat the team that, that there was the – well, uh, you bullshit. think they won't be ready to play in the national championship? No, they'll be ready, but but if they beat Bama, they'll play it's Alabama just, in the but, national championship. But if they beat Bama, if they beat Bama, it's all right. We beat Bama. Time to avenge last year's loss against Clemson. It, the the first round matchup against Clemson means more than a potential first round matchup against Bama. But Andrew, if they say, "All right, we beat Clemson, and now we get to conquer the ultimate goal of winning," we we won the Big Ten championship. That's the notch one in our belt. Then we beat Clemson, who basically is our rival now. Now that's the second notch. All that's left is that natty, that ring on our finger. Like, I cannot. No, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just think that Bama is kind of like – Bama doesn't need to win the SEC championship to get in. And then – and so they'll be in regardless. Clemson has to win. So Clemson's not overlooking Notre Dame. And Ohio State can't overlook Northwestern. Bama literally can overlook Florida and just get ready – for their yep. playoff game, which is like I think Ohio State, Ohio State can't focus too much on Clemson. They can't focus ahead on the Clemson for after the Big Ten championship, and they can't live in the past after a potential win over Clemson. So they gotta, which could happen, but I don't think Day is gonna do that. It's gonna be the players that they gotta get to. It's just been a weird year, and and throw Cincinnati. They'll be ready regardless who they throw play Cincinnati they in there. Anywhere, anytime, anyone, they're ready to roll. All right, let's get to You know Mike who else Greenberg. is ready to roll? Mike Greenberg. <laughs> and then Tate Frazier. All right, join us now on Drive the Lane. You've probably heard him on Get Up. You probably hear him every day on Greeny. Mike Greenberg, Greeny, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. How are you guys? We're doing great. We're, you know, I don't know if the word is nervous. It's probably excited for the Big Ten Championship, Ohio State versus Northwestern. Being a uh, Northwestern guy yourself, we'd love to hear your thoughts going into this weekend's game. Well, I would say I'm both of those things. I'm certainly nervous, and, and, and I would say I'm excited. I, I was in Indianapolis when these teams played in the Big Ten Championship game two years ago last month, and I think a lot of people forget that that was a seven-point game in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and, look, Ohio State is a better team, and if they were to play each other that year or this year, if this game were to be played ten times, I'm, I'm sure Ohio State would win something like eight or nine of them. Um, but I don't think it's impossible. Uh, if you haven't watched a lot of Northwestern football this year, the defense is really good. They had one very bad day against Michigan State, in which they let the quarterback run wild all over them, um, which was very disappointing and is the only reason that they're not a top-10 team right now. But the defense has been legit all season long, and the quarterback is someone that Ohio State fans, I think, will know. 
because he's Peyton Ramsey, who was at Indiana. He's a transfer from Indiana and played pretty well against Ohio State actually last year. So, um, no, I give Northwestern a puncher's chance. We're a good team. Ohio State's better. Um, but I think if we have our best day, and, and there, there, there have been times, like last year, where if these teams played each other 100 times, Northwestern could have their best day, Ohio State could have their worst, and Northwestern would have no chance. I don't think that's the case. This time, I think if we play our best and Ohio State doesn't, um, then I think Northwestern has a chance to win. So in that regard, I'm excited, and I'm obviously also nervous. Greeny, now, being an Ohio State podcast, uh, most of our fans won't know who you know, the head coach is on Northwestern for whatever reason. Um, can you just elaborate? Uh, in my opinion, he's the best coach not named Ryan Day in the Big Ten. I, I grew, we grew up in Chicago. We're very familiar with him. Can you tell the listeners um, about you know your coach and why he is so incredible? Sure. So Pat Fitzgerald, he, he first of all was a great player. He was the Big Ten defense. I think he was the National Player of the Year one year in college football, and I believe he was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year twice. This was in the 90s. He's about five or six years younger than I. I graduated from Northwestern in 1989. Um, I think he was he gra- he was on the Rose Bowl team, so I, I think he graduated in 95 or 96. So he was a terrific player, um, first of all. And he was a linebacker, and so he has a linebacker's mentality, and he coaches that way. Um, but he has a linebacker's mentality along with an appreciation of analytics, which is a pretty good combination. So he wants to knock your teeth in, and then he wants to be smart on fourth down. Um, and that's a pretty good combination of, of traits, I think. So he's a terrific coach. I, I think you know, knowing him as I do and as I have for a long time, he's exactly what you want your college football coaches to be. He cares tremendously about the players he it's his hometown he's a Chicago area guy so this has been his life he has been at the university basically now since as I mentioned the mid 90s Um, he is an innovative coach they fired their uh, offensive coordinator after last season and brought in a new one who has really um, reshaped the offense this year it's a lot more creative a lot more short passing game um, and a little more of the of the RPOs which are obviously so prevalent in the sport now at, at both the college and the pro level um, and the defensive coordinator who is retiring at the end of this year is named Mike Hankwitz and he is a finalist for the Frank Boyles Award for the assistant coach of the year and he has been around I, I want to say for about 40 years um, and is and is an absolutely sensational defensive coordinator. You will be impressed. Anyone listening to this who was who has not seen Northwestern play this year, you'll be impressed with the defense. Um, it's legit and it's very well coached, and they have good players. Um, but 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 to go back to Pat Fitzgerald, um, you know he's he's the perfect coach for our school. Um, you, it doesn't mean that he'd be perfect everywhere, um, but there are perfect fits in life sometimes, and he is the perfect fit for Northwestern. He's done a brilliant job. Look, I'm, I went to school at a time when Northwestern football was nothing. It was terrible, um, and it certainly has almost no history and tradition of being great. He has completely revamped it. I think it's inarguable that Northwestern over the last 10 years is a top 20 program in America. And it's not Ohio State. It's probably never going to be Ohio State. But um, for Northwestern to be a top 20 program in the country, uh, which I think is an easily defensible argument, it's an incredible accomplishment. And he's, he is solely responsible for that. He has done an extraordinary job. So 
You know, one of my favorite parts about whether it's your, your radio show or get up in the morning is when you kind of take a couple minutes, it's usually like a two and a half minute video, and you're just looking right into the camera and you're telling America and watchers over, all over the world, telling them how it is. Two specific ones that I can remember is you had a rant about, not rant in a negative way, but you had a, you know, a video leading up to the draft two years ago about Dwayne Haskins and you had a video this year about Justin Fields. Curious if you have a little bit of a uh, a love affair with Ohio State quarterbacks. <laughs> well, I love Dwayne Haskins um, coming out of college, and I will tell you why. Um, I was, as I said, I was at the Big Ten championship game that year, and I watch every snap of Northwestern football every year. No one, no one did to our defense what he did to us in that game. And I still believe in Dwayne Haskins. It, it is my um, overwhelming belief that more quarterbacks in the National Football League are ruined than developed. And I think Dwayne Haskins was drafted into a situation that no one could have succeeded in. The owner wanted to take him. The coach didn't. That created all of this ridiculous friction. Everyone said he was a player because of, of, of how little experience he had in college. He only played the one season that he was going to need some time to develop. And there was all of this throw him out on the field. No, don't throw him out there. The coaches want him. No, they don't want him. The team is bad and dysfunctional. I, I believe he just needs a fresh start somewhere else. Um, and then if he winds up in the right place, I still believe he has the the tools to be a terrific NFL player. I also really liked him when he came through our studio. Um, we had him do some work on the board with Dan Orlovsky, and I, I was very impressed, as everyone was, um, with him. So I, I still believe he has a chance to recapture um, what his promise was. This situation has just been terrible. Justin Fields, I mean, what could you not love about him? I, the only knock on him is not a knock. I mean, he's just played so little this year that I think it becomes easy to forget because of these ridiculous circumstances. But he's incredible. Um, I had someone on the show, I'm trying to remember who it was, describe him as a more athletic version of Dak Prescott. And if there's something that we have seen over the course of this year, it is that from the moment Dak Prescott went down, the Cowboys went from one of the best offenses in the league to literally statistically the worst. Um, so if you are even a facsimile of Dak Prescott, you're a successful NFL quarterback. If you are a more athletic version of Dak Prescott, then I think you're an NFL star. And I think that's what Justin Fields is going to be. Again, it's going to depend on the circumstance. But he gets drafted into, like all of them, like all college quarterbacks, including Trevor Lawrence. If, if they get drafted into bad situations with bad coaching and, and, and a poor organizational plan and bad talent around them, then they'll fail because no one can do that by themselves. But if you put Justin Fields in a good situation, I think he has a chance to be great. Don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we are gigantic Justin Field fans, as you would imagine. And, and unfortunately for us, we never have to go against him, unlike uh, the Wildcats do this weekend. We got to ask you before we let you go, whether it's with your heart or your brain, what is your score prediction for this weekend? Well, I'm never going to pick against my guys. And like I say, I do believe we have a chance. If you were telling me that I had to bet my house on this, um, <laughs> I would obviously bet it on Ohio State. Um, but I'll say this, if Northwestern is going to win the game, it's going to be because the defense plays out of their minds 
and uh, forces a bunch of turnovers. The Northwestern has been very, very good at taking the ball away. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the takeaway numbers have been spectacular. We turned Iowa over, I want to say, like five times. Wisconsin, we turned over, I think, four times. Um, so I think if, if that is the if, if that if Northwestern is going to win the game, if that's how it's going to be. And if so, then I would think it would be relatively low scoring. Um, and, and by that, I mean something like 27-24. I, I, I don't mean 17-14. I don't think anybody holds Ohio State to, to 14 points. But something like 27-24 with, with a few turnovers. Um, we have a bunch of different running backs who can run it. You know, to, to, beat, to beat Justin Fields, I, I've been talking a lot about this uh, in the NFL with the way that you beat Patrick Mahomes. The way that you – if anyone is going to beat Mahomes, it's going to be because they do two things. One is they keep him on the sideline. You have to win the time of possession. You have to play ball control, meaning you have to be able to run it. And then, two, you have to be able to match a big play for big play every now and again. You can't expect to just shut him down completely. Like I say, you're not going to win this game 17-14. So I think that Northwestern has the ability to do both of those things. Um, if we run the ball, if, if we win the time of possession, if Fields is not, it doesn't just get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, then we maybe, you know, make a, a cause a turnover or two here or there and make one big stop then I think Northwestern could win the game something like 27-24. And with every fiber of my being, that's what I hope happens. Well, we're going to let you go after this. I got one last thing for you. Are you familiar with, like, Pavlov's dogs and all that with the salvating? Yes, of course. So when I was in high school, my dad used to pick me up a couple times a week to drive me to school, and he would get – I don't know if you know Upper Crust. It's a North Shore restaurant. He would get Upper Crust bagels and pick me up to take me to school, and it was a salami, egg, and cheese on an everything bagel, and Mike and Mike would always be on. So for, Mm. like, four years of high school, I'm doing that. I get to college, and I hear your voice one time in college, and all of a sudden I'm salivating, and I'm like, why do I want a salami, egg, and cheese bagel right now? And I realized I was classically conditioned that when I hear your voice, I want a salami, egg, and cheese, and I am starving right now. I'll tell you that much. Well, that is very nice of you to say. I love those stories. You know, we were on so long that I have people walk up to me and, and they'll say things like that, or, or even more to the point, they'll say, you know, my, my, my dad and I used to listen to you guys in the car when I was in, in elementary school, you know, when I was in third grade, and now this is a 25-year-old person, so it makes me feel very old. Um, but it is, those are very nice stories to hear. I would love to, to, to be able to recondition you to a slightly healthier meal, um, you know, if there's some way that we could try and change that up, like Maybe if we start doing this semi-regularly and you could do something, I don't know, with some hummus and some vegetables on a pita, that that might in the long run be better for you. But you're young. You should eat whatever you want because when you get to be my age, you'll have to worry a lot more about it. So I'm glad to hear it, and go find yourself some salami. That sounds good to me. All right. Thanks for coming on, man. And Bill Simmons makes me want McDonald's, so it's already healthier than that. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. So that's what I, 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 we need to have a conversation about your eating habits, I think, is what I've learned from this discussion. Is, um, but, uh, but I'm sure Bill would appreciate that talk. All right. Thanks, man. Talk soon. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Join us now on Drive the Lane from Fox Sports. 
the three-on-three money tournament, the Maui Invitational, and Tyson Tate, (laughs) the Tate of Tyson Tate, Tate Frazier. Tate, welcome to the show. Well, Andrew, thank you for having me on the show. Joey, it's great to see you again. Joey's been to uh, two of the live shows that Tyson and I have done. So he's officially one of my favorite people on the planet uh, by proxy of doing that. Uh, and I'm excited to be here. I, do you guys call it DTL? Like, I, you know, I mean, I, I feel like there's tons of acronyms that can drive the lane. Okay, there you go. So you guys are doing great. I'm happy that you're doing a podcast. I'm, I'm pro podcast, uh, you know, against all the haters out there. Uh, so I'm excited for you guys. And Thanks for having me on. I'm down to talk about whatever. So let's drive the lane, whatever that means, you know, outside of basketball. You got it. You got it. We, we, we should start this by saying we are both gigantic fans of the Tyson Tate podcast because who isn't? Um, but <laughs> yeah, we also, yeah. we, we'd be lying if we didn't say we emulate you guys in a couple of different ways. And the first way being that this will not be serious at all and we will talk about life, basketball, and everything in between. So Love it. with all that being said, Tate, give us the state of college basketball right now. Let, 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 me, let me hear your soliloquy about college basketball. Yeah, college basketball, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Campaign with Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. And, you know, Zach Galifianakis' character says, it's a mess. Well, that's college basketball. It's a mess. And uh, we all knew it would be a mess. Um, we just didn't know how crazy it would be. I mean, at one point – I think we're at 500 cancellations at this point. Um, so that's a mess uh, in and of itself. Coach K has turned uh, the other way. He went from we have to play to let's just, you know, button this thing up. Um, I don't know what to do with that, but I will say that's not good for, you know, the, uh, the you, you were hoping that everyone was going to be like a flying V all in the same direction, all on the same page. It turns out we have a lot of independent operators. Who would have thought in the world of college basketball that there's just a lot of independent operators? And uh, everyone's independently operating. We have some great basketball teams. That's the good news. Gonzaga's great. They've only played like three games. So they're great by what we've seen. Uh, Baylor is a really good team. Oh, wait, they're also on pause. Uh, so right now, based on the pause button, if you're on pause, I don't even talk about you because I'm just like I, I can't keep up with, with all the COVID restrictions and things. I hope that you come back. Houston. They're coming back soon. I'm excited for them. They're a really good team. Uh, Iowa is the best team I've seen in the country, and that's my own bias, right? I I watched North Carolina play them. Luca Garza had, like, eight points in that game, or I don't even know. He he didn't do anything of note other than the fact that he kicked the ball out. And what Iowa has is what everyone – like, everyone on this podcast right here, we all are shooters, I believe. (laughs) Andrew, I don't know your basketball game, but I assume you're a shooter as well. You know what I mean? Not to profile you. But <laughs> Iowa has a bunch of shooters, and uh, they made 17 threes. I'll never forget that experience. I like Fran McCaffrey. He's always been, you know, to go off the record, he's always been really nice to me, you know. And, you know, in the world of basketball, you never know how people are going to be acting you. Some people are curmudgeon. And uh, I like Coach McCaffrey. I like the Iowa team. Like, Jordan Bohanna was averaging, like, 3.7 points per game before he plays North Carolina. He has 23. You know, Jordan has 23 against the Tar Heels. Like, how fitting is that? Uh, that's what happened. I, so I'm all in on Iowa. I, Titus is a little hesitant on Iowa. He's like, I don't buy it. He's got a big 10 bias as you, as you guys probably have a little bit too, where you're just like, I don't see it. I don't see Iowa winning this thing. I don't see him winning at all, but I see a final four. So I'm riding the Hawkeyes pretty high right now. I'm riding West Virginia pretty high right now. Uh, Florida state's one of those teams that they're probably the best team in the ACC, but they're not that great. They were a lot better last year. 
Um, so I think North Carolina is sneakily the best team in the ACC. Again, that may be a little bit biased. Duke is horrible. Um, on the record, Duke is terrible this year, which is, uh, you know, that's good to see. Warms my heart. Um, Virginia is not good. And, uh, and I think that's interesting. I think Michigan State's the best team in the Big Ten. I'll say that on this podcast. This is my soliloquy. I'm going all the way through college basketball. Michigan State, a 74% assist rate, if you want numbers, folks. Highest in the country. Uh, big fan of their team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Iowa, Michigan State, those are my Big Ten teams. ACC, Florida State, North Carolina, but it's not that good of a conference. Pac-12, they're, they're not good. Uh, UCLA is okay. Um, but West Coast basketball goes through San Diego State. We're, we're seeing that every single year. Um, and Texas is really good. Texas is sneakily my favorite team to win the title this year, but I won't say that anywhere else. I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys that. But uh, that's, that's, that's probably all I got. That's college basketball in a nutshell. Hawaii still hasn't played a game. Temple still hasn't played a game. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. That's what it is, guys. It's a well, mess. Two teams you didn't mention. <clears throat> all right. Okay. Please. Joey, of course, played at Ohio State, the 5-0 and Buckeyes. Yeah. And I went to Mizzou, the 5-0 and Tigers. You didn't mention either of them. Wow. What, what are your thoughts on the Tigers and the Buckeyes? Okay, so this is uh, – the Mizzou fans are what I call this year's Iowa fans. They're upset. They're upset that they're not being included in the conversation. And the reason I haven't included them is because I thought that Konzo was out the door. I thought that Mizzou fans were basically – lame ducking him to you know his contract is I think up this summer and they're just gonna say hey Conzo good times Michael Porter Jr. wish he would have played for us but happy to see that he's on the Nuggets and doing well and then they move on but it turns out Conzo is recruiting transfers Conzo is a good coach Conzo had a great summer you talk about PR for the summer guy had a great summer the team is playing great like you said they're 5-0 and they're ranked number 16 uh, I think now in the AP poll which is obviously what you'd like to see as a Tigers fan. And they have the media, Andrew, right? You know this. You went to Mizzou. There's tons of people. Titus and I just talked about this. There's tons of Mizzou fans that are in the media. And when they're good at something, right, if they're good at football, you know, like they have been in the past, or if they're good at basketball like they are this year, they come out of the woodwork. They make noise. (laughs) Um, So the Mizzou Tiger fans, they're going to be there. We're going to hear about them, which is good. And uh, I like Konzo. Konzo's a confident – Conzo and Kelvin Sampson right now are like two guys that are sneakily like coach of the year, uh, you know, that people are really going to like lean into. And Kelvin Sampson, there's the bad PR around him, so maybe he doesn't get it. Same with Conzo Con- has bad PR around him, honestly. Um, but this year's team is very likable. Um, so I like Mizzou. Um, and then Ohio State, I'm, I'm honestly avoiding Ohio State because, as you guys know, they embarrassed the Tar Heels last year. We played them in Cleveland coming up. It's unfair. Why are we playing in Ohio? I don't know. Why are we go? I, I, I don't understand it. But also, don't ever bring them back to the Dean Dome again after <laughs> what happened last year. So I do, you know, it, it's like kind of what, what, what's the worst that could happen? Um, suing is great. I, I didn't know much about him, but that's, that's all I really know from this team. Uh, Dwayne Washington is obviously the best player, um, but I, I think suing's for real. Um, and Joey, I'll lean on your expertise because that's all I really know about. I know I love Coach Holtman, you know, as, as we all do on this program. So. Um, that's that's really my scouting report so far. I'm scared of suing, but I think I think Leaky Black matches up well with suing. And then Dwayne Washington, we just have to keep him from having 30 points, you know, as every team does. 
I think you're, I think you, you're on the nose. You got it. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. I think you're missing out on the most important player on Ohio state. And in my opinion, my favorite player, CJ Walker. Kyle Young. Yeah. Okay. All well, right. Of course, Kyle Young, but we, we trust me, we're going to talk about Kyle Young because, you know, think, think about the, the namesake right there. We'll get it to Kyle Young. Don't worry. What a um, guy. What a guy. But no, CJ's the, the head of the snake. So, I'm excited about him. He knows the ACC. You know, he played transfer for Florida State. So, you know, you can fall in love with your Dwayne Washingtons and your Justice Suing. I know it's hard not to with what Justice is wearing that 14 jersey, which he does way better than I did. But um, C.J. Walker, wow. that's the guy so, that that's, – That's what it was. That's why I fell in love with Suing. It's because he, right. he had your number. I was like – Yeah, I, I mean, like, I like to – Joey out there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I like to say that there was a lot of buckets in that jersey that just didn't get to be unleashed, and he's doing yeah, it for me this year, and I'm forever grateful. You, you, you were charging up on the sideline. You're like, I'm 100% bucket over here, Coach. Coach Holman's like, Joey, appreciate you. Tweet some things. Tweet some things about the program. Tweet, get his, market us. <laughs> like, damn it. Damn it, Coach. I need buckets. Uh, no, that's great. I, I mean, I'm happy. I think you're right about uh, the ACC knowledge. That's not good. I, forget, I I didn't really put two and two together there thinking about that. And Coach Holman owns Roy Williams. That's what people forget. I I I don't know what it is. It's some sort of like old school country. I don't even understand it. But like they, they he knows Roy and Roy's like he's like that gummit. I I can't stop Coach Holman. You know. And I'm like, what is this Gardner Webb mystery that you guys have going on with each other? where he owns you. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State wins that game. I also, Titus and I were talking, the Big Ten is like 10 deep for real. You know, like they're 10 deep good. And Ohio State is going to finish like fourth or fifth or sixth, somewhere in that range, I think. And they're going to be a scary fucking team to play. Sorry, I didn't mean to cuss, but they're going to be a scary team to play <laughs> and uh, in the tournament, right? Nobody wants to play that team in the tournament. Also, does Seth Towns play? I haven't, I haven't watched enough. Does he play? He hasn't, he hasn't played yet, but you can all but guarantee he'll be tuning up against North Carolina because that's just how I know. He's going to have, like, Phil Booth numbers against North Carolina. He's going to have, like, 22 points. And, uh, yeah, Tommy played, Amateur's like, 12 minutes. Yeah, I please, Joey. Don't. I'm gonna say that now, so I hope it doesn't happen. I'm isn't there a little? Isn't there a small party that's excited to, for the game to happen, regardless of outcome, so that Titus can s- stop tweeting at least for a little? That you know, we all know what he tweets. I don't have to say it to you, but aren't you a little bit excited for him to maybe say Ohio State beat North Carolina by four in Cleveland instead? Yeah, yeah, he loves he loves saying that. The best the best part about all of it is that you know, as you know. Uh, Greg it was in town. Like my family took everyone out before the game. My 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 extended family is there. We're all going to the game. Everyone's hanging out, having a great time. You know, in my atmosphere, Titus is having a great time. He's like, man, he's like, if I was if I was a recruit and I came here, you know, I mean, it'd be hard to say no. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like yeah, Titus, exactly. And we we go to the game, and I'm thinking we're gonna work these kids, you know, because. I had talked to Coach – Coach Holman had talked to us about the team, and he's like, there's no – you know, he's always, you know, kind of ho-hum about the team, and he downplays it. And he's like, I just don't see us winning in the Dean Dome, you know. So I'm going to the game pretty confident. I'm like, yeah, I don't see you guys winning either. Thanks, Coach. And uh, then, again, you guys win by 25 points. At halftime, I refused to even talk to Titus. I was like, get him out of here. Let's – like, try, trying to get the usher to throw him out. 
Um, and he, the whole game, he's like, I gave him the nice tickets, right? I put him down like front row with Greg, two tickets. And he's like, the whole time, he's not even looking at the game. He's looking at me. He's like turning around, looking <laughs> at me, laughing. And uh, it was it was miserable, Joey. It was miserable to be a part of. And like you said, if, if they win by five in Cleveland, maybe I'll start saying that just so he stops saying the 25 in Chapel Hill because that was my worst-case scenario. I, I wouldn't even done a live show in Durham, North Carolina, had I known what was going to come. And uh, <laughs> man, Cole Anthony, I'll never get that back from Cole Anthony. Like, I can't even love him 100%. It's like 99%. It's like 1% I can't get back. But I digress. I digress. It's okay. <laughs> so – Transitioning a little bit to kind of yes, what you, yes. what you do, so obviously you guys you guys are are center stage for the Maui tournament every year, two years in a row now. Yeah, but yeah, you. You Maui champs back to back years. Thank you. <laughs> Bill Bill Walton kind of steals the show at, at the Maui tournament. So my question is for you: Who are your three favorite college basketball announcers? Oh, currently, 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 currently. Oh man, man, currently is tough. You know, my favorite. It, there's a difference between announcers and commentators. My favorite, you know, announcer is Gus Johnson. You know, bar none. There's, there's no. The, he is the incomparable. And uh, I wish that he was not just Big East games yeah. on Fox Sports. No shade to Fox Sports. Of course, we love Fox Sports. You know, Titus and Tate on Fox Sports. We love Fox Sports. But uh, I wish I wish Gus uh, could call more games. My favorite in studio person is Lafonso Ellis uh, on ESPN. If you if you don't if you don't see Lafonso, if you get blinded by Jay Williams and Seth Greenberg's of the world, you know, just just block them out as best you can and focus in on what Lafonso has to say. He basically calls a national champion every single year. I like 2016. He was like, I think it's Villanova's year. Bang, they win. 2017, he was talking redemption North Carolina the whole year. Bang. And 2018, he was like, Villanova's too good. We all knew that. We, we all were just thinking that, that somehow they would get stopped. You know, we've seen it before. Wisconsin with Nigel Hayes did it, but didn't matter. Bang, they win. 2019, he's riding Virginia. Titus and I were as well. I think most of America was at that point. They win the championship. So, Lafonso is one of my favorites. Um, and then, of course, like, Jay Billis is, you know, Jay Billis. I, I, I love Jay Billis. He is – he lives in Charlotte. He kind of speaks the tongue of, of what I, I think college basketball sounds like. Um, Woody Durham, who opens up our show, is kind of like – when I think of basketball, that's, that's who calls the games. You know, famed North Carolina announcer. Uh, and his son does a lot of ACC Network games right now, um, West Durham. So, you know, I, I get a little bit of that with West Durham. I like listening to him. A little bit of nostalgia there. Um but, yeah, I mean, Robbie Hummel, I'll say that because Robbie, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll be nice to Robbie. Robbie Hummel, I like listening to him. Uh, you know, Bashanishvili, I like it when he says that. That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> that, that should be his catchphrase. He's to make sure that says that, him just saying his name. Um, but, yeah, that's probably like the round robin of it. I mean, I, I used to love Stuart Scott was like, Stuart Scott's like my favorite personality. That's why I wanted to go. That's why I wanted to do this, you know. Like Stuart Scott, Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, that whole class of guys. I wanted to be a sportscaster, you know, cracking jokes like it was late night TV kind of thing. So that's uh, that's that's pretty much the whole crew. It will never be Jay Williams. It will never be Seth Greenberg. And if and if I ever say their names, then you know that I have something's happened. Uh, I am not me. The Illuminati has gotten me. You guys got to come save me, save me at that point. But uh, 
yeah, that's that's pretty much the list. I don't know if I missed anyone. I'm sure I did, but I mean, Bill Walton is like not even an announcer to me. He's like a deity, so <laughs> that's why he's not on the list. You know, he's he's above that. I think he would be offended if I said he was a, a just a college basketball announcer. But I think those those are the guys. Lafonso is my number one right now. I love Lafonso. I, I listen to Lafonso. I block out the haters. I lock in on Lafonso. He gives me the goods, and then I get out of ESPN. And and to my Fox colleagues, I do not watch ESPN. Don't believe what I just said. I've never seen it. I do not watch it. How how in the world did Lafonso not predict that there was going to be a global pandemic? That's my only knock on him. That that I honestly, I'm pretty sure he said that. I I just probably didn't see it that day. I think I think they asked him who was going to win it, and he was like, "We're not going to play." And they're like, "What'd you say, Lafonso?" And then they threw a break. And Seth Greenberg, like, was like, let me take you to the board over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seth Greenberg starts going in about kids got to buy into the system. If they don't buy in, then yeah. how are we going to throw You're the ball into the good defense? You're not going to win. You're not going to win if they don't buy in. And also, Seth, here's here's a play from 2007 that he drew up. And it's like Virginia Tech on grainy footage, like playing against Duke <laughs> that one time they beat him. And you're like, Seth, we get it. You beat Duke, and you should have made the tournament. Uh, uh, what a time. What a, what, a, what a group of guys, though. It's great to have college basketball announcers like that. It's great to have characters. Like the NBA, they don't have as many characters. They have Charles Barkley. We have characters everywhere. I mean, it's crazy. It's insane. So I think that every school should hang banners like the one that Florida State just hung up that says finished Cancel. ranked <laughs> – Finished ranked fourth in AP poll, tournament canceled. That's one of the crazy – of all the crazy stuff that happens in college basketball, that's got to be up there as just like one of the wildest things to look at. What are your thoughts on that banner? My, my thoughts are simple. Why not just hang up the banner that says you won the national championship? You know what I mean? Like, why yeah, not? What's the difference? What, what, what's, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? I, I mean, Dickie V wrote a book – and capitalized off the pandemic and no tournament and sold it. And he predicted that Florida State won the national championship. You should literally hang it and say 2020 national champions and then put according to Dick Vitale. You know what I mean? Like, just hang that banner. Hanging NCAA canceled, that just is a downer on everybody. Like, what are you – why are you doing that? Like, why? who wrote that out? It was like, we'll put cancel here. We'll put number four underneath it. Uh, I think they were trying. They were trying to start a trend. It's a bad trend. I don't like it. I don't like it. Dickie V, the first Ohio State game of the year. I'm driving back from Columbus to Chicago because it's almost Thanksgiving. I'm with my yeah. sister. She's playing the game on her laptop so that I can hear it while I'm driving. And Dickie V comes on the air for 15 straight minutes, and it's a Dick Vitale promotional podcast for his book. And I don't even know what yeah. the score is anymore. I love Dickie V. I mean, yeah. he's. He is, yeah, he is royalty, college basketball royalty. Yeah. Yeah. But at all some point, games. my man's got to tone it down a notch and let me hear at least yeah. the score of the game instead of talking about how I can win a red convertible Mustang. The best thing about Dickie V is that Jimmy V week lasts like a month. You know what I mean? Like, you, <laughs> we, like every, no one even knows what Jimmy V week is anymore because Dickie V has expanded it. He is like basically it's – it's like from Thanksgiving to Christmas is Jimmy V week. Dickie V is everywhere. He is writing a new book every year for this. He's 40 years deep at ESPN. Like you said, we, we love Dickie V, but just tell, tell us the score. 
uh, <laughs> and <laughs> he's too lost. We need to score. That's that's very fair. That's a fair criticism. I think he would understand that too. That's the best. It was part. like twelve nothing, and then Dickie V stops talking, and we're up twenty four to nothing. It's like what just happened? We don't even. Yeah. Love the guy though. Love he's, him. Love him to death. He's like he's like I just sold twelve books, Joey. That's what just happened. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's like that's sorry. If if you can't if you can't have enough money to enter the ten thousand dollar raffle that I have, then you can't even listen to me talking right now. Yeah, throw it out, throw it out the yeah, throw it out the window. I uh, I'm I'm happy to hear that he got the book sold, and I'm also happy to hear that Ohio State got up twenty four to zero. That's good news. Exactly. Terrifying as a Carolina fan, but good news <laughs> for you. It's okay. Sorry. It's it's <laughs> funny that you mentioned uh, Jimmy V Week feeling like it goes on forever because I was talking to my brother the other day, and I'm like, oh, it's Jimmy V Week months, where just every week yeah. in the month is is Jimmy V Week, and obviously it's great, it does amazing things, but they got to change the name from Jimmy V Week yeah, to Jimmy no. V Months. I think it's Jimmy V everything. I think it's Jimmy V every day. I think I think they just say Jimmy every day. And then the V pops out, and it's Jimmy V every day, and uh, and that's what we, that's how we live our lives. You know what I mean? That's what Jimmy V would want. Uh, Dick Vitale, he could write it that many books. I mean, that guy has energy. I mean, he's like 80 years old, and he has way more energy than the three of us combined. You know what I mean? That guy wakes up every day attacking the day, and uh, it should be it should be every day. And I think Dickie V will probably get it to that point. Because at this point, like you said, it's already we already know it's a month. So what's 11 other months to add on to that? That's not going to stop Dickie V. And, uh, you know, I'll listen to that speech every day. I mean, that speech is the best thing that ESPN has to put on. I mean, I'm like, just play that. At least to get people motivated at some level. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Dickie V, man. He's He's been giving us free content since I was born and uh, before that. And the funniest part is that he was a coach. You know, we, we have to remember he is Coach Vitale. And that's why coaches are characters. And thank God for them because they give us content and we need content at all times. The, the last thing that we'll say about Jimmy V week, month, year is um, <laughs> how in the world yeah. is North Carolina State never on TV during Jimmy V week? That literally, yeah. literally is the most mind-blowing. More mind-blowing than Dickie V's nine be- New York Times bestsellers <laughs> is that North Carolina well, State is never to be found. Well, it, you know, there's, 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 there's history, there's layers to everything in the sense that, you know, NC State fans may remember Jimmy V as the guy that got them tons of probation and, uh, you know, basically ruined their championship basketball program by getting them NCAA violations. So, like, you know, that's, that, could be, that could be something that they bring up. But also, Jimmy V, all they have to do is play the 1983 championship game, right? That's all we want to see. We just want to see Sidney Lowe hitting – he didn't even have a three-point line. He's shooting from 30 feet out <laughs> and swishing it. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you're Houston, it's like, what do we do with this? We can't stop this guy. He's unbelievable. Get him tested to me. He's a witch. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, shout out to NC State. They need to get more coverage. I, I they're also on pause, so I can't even talk about about them uh, right now. So you know, I don't know. Kevin Keats is the winner, though. We do know that, so hopefully he'll get it together. Uh, you mentioned probation, Joey. That's a good little uh, transition into what we want to talk about. Yeah, Tate. You know, we avid fans of Titus and Tate, we figured we might as well dive into the world of good guys, bad guys, bad guys, and, yeah. of course, our personal favorite, Kyle Guy. And 
yeah, we, we can love just Kyle knock Guy. out we can just knock out Kyle Guy right away. And that's why I didn't want to talk about Kyle Young too much because obviously he is our Kyle Guy because he will be the heart and soul of our team and take us as far, you know, as we will be taken, I guess. Yeah. It will be Kyle yeah. Young's energy because the proof is last game he had zero points and almost fouled out and we almost lost. So there you go. Yeah. He is, yeah. Uh, he is Kyle Guy for us because his name is Kyle. <laughs> He's, he's your Kyle. And, uh, you know, funny story about Kyle Young. Last year, we're at the CBS Sports Classic in Las Vegas. And Kyle Young, the, uh, the whole Ohio State team is there. You know, I, I did like a little interview with Caleb Wesson. And we're like talking to him. And my assistant, Sammy, is there. And she's like, you know, wandering around, like doing separate things. And then she walks in as Caleb is leaving. And she's like, some guy just hit on me out there. And I was like, one of the basketball players? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, on what team? She's like, you know, she doesn't know. She's like, the red team. And I'm like, oh, on Ohio State, you know? And I'm like, what guy is it? Uh, and she's like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't remember anything. And I'm like, well, can you describe him? She's like, I mean, he was white. I'm like, all right, well, that's okay. I was like, he's not on the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, it's Kyle. I was like, Kyle Young. You're like, yeah, that's it right there. And I was like, Kyle, you dog, you. Uh, he's hilarious. I, I think he is the heart of your team. I think that Coach Holman loves him. And uh, he's kind of like having, you know, as they say in these old tropes about white guys on the floor, he's like a coach on the floor. Um, he brings energy. Uh, I, I do like Kyle. I think, yeah, just yeah, just say he's your Kyle guy. He's your Kyle. And uh, we all need a Kyle. I miss Kyle in my life. Kyle was one of – Kyle's the best. And uh, I miss Kyle Guy. I miss Kyle Crichton. And uh, I don't know if I miss Kyle Young. Uh, but, I, but I do love Kyle Young from a distance, socially distanced. I love Kyle Young. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully hopefully they uh, hopefully they get it together. I feel like Coach Holman deserves like a Sweet 16 Elite Eight year. You know what I mean? He needs that yeah. for the resume. He's got it. He's got it. I believe. I'm all in. OH. <laughs> I as, as yeah, there you go. See, I got it. I got it. I learned. I learned in Columbus. I knew what you had to do. I know what you got to do. <laughs> well, man. Well, moving moving right along the line. Now we'll go in the normal order, and we'll start yep. with the good guy. Who you're not gonna like our answer, but we love our answer for our good guy, and that is none other than Mike Shashevsky, Coach K, the yeah. the granddaddy of them all. That our college basketball characters and coaches. Um, the fact yes. that he is sending his kids home for for Christmas for them to spend time with their family and not get the shit kicked out of them anymore. But not, not for, for Christmas. Christmas. For Christmas, but not for Christmas. Right, right, Christmas. right. right. Okay. They'll be going home to spend time with their family for Christmas, but they'll be practicing on Christmas. Mm. <laughs> None other than Coach K. He is our good guy. And, and, he's, and Tate is already shaking his head. No, I mean, it's one of those things where Coach K, and I never will let him be the good guy. He can He can never be the good guy. He, he Even if he's trying, he's trying to be Dean Smith, and I appreciate the effort, but I know a charade when I see one. And uh, like you said, like you guys pointed out, you already know the drill. He's sending him home for Christmas, but they will be at the Cameron Indoor facility on Christmas Day at 6 a.m. flat running. Uh, and it won't be drills. They will just literally be running with the like temperature at 110 degrees. They will be sweating more than they've ever sweated in their life. And they will look up at the top of the ceiling and the rafters and they will say, am I in hell? And then Coach K over the whole PA system will say yes. <laughs> and welcome to hell. And if you guys don't start winning games, 
it's a wrap. You know what I mean? Like I like he will cut you all. You will the D will be off your chest. Um, this team is terrible, and I think like Jalen Johnson is the only savior that they have. And he's hurt. Like, Matthew hurt. I know that's what I'm saying. And Matthew hurt is like the Matthew hurt isn't hurt, but he's like has to be. Uh, Coach K thinks he's great for some reason, so he has to be better. Wendell Moore is a no-show, and I think Wendell Moore is a ton of talent. Um, you know, he had a game-winning shot against North Carolina last year. It was an air ball, but he put it in at the buzzer. And, you know, I think that Duke has the talent. Coach K, he's going to make him run on Christmas, and I know that we all think that's bad, but Coach K is trying to motivate his kids. And, uh, and you can you know, catch it all on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> right, right. I hope so. This is the year I wanted on ESPN. Don't show me the year that they're good and Coach K is like throwing pool parties at his house. Show me the year when Coach K is making these kids run every single day and throw up and he could care less. That's that is the Coach K that I grew up on. That's what like my friends went to Coach K's basketball camp. They're like, This is terrible. I hate this. You know what I mean? This sucks. And it's like He's hard. He's a military man. He's an army man. He's going to make you do stuff. And uh, he's not letting him go home on Christmas. Don't believe the narrative. I'm glad you guys don't. Good guy of the week, Coach K. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. I'm bad, bad guy of the week, all right, for two reasons. One, worry about your own goddamn team. And two, don't ever disrespect Coach K. Nate Oates, bad guy of the week. Yeah, Nate Oates, what are you doing? You know, we just saw Nate Oates in Asheville at the Maui Invitational. He then, you know, in that same press conference that you're talking about, admitted that he had COVID. I'm like, I was in the same building, like literally eight <laughs> feet away from you sometimes, you know, fairly close. What? Huh? Like, what are you talking about, Nate Oates? So, anyways, he's ridiculous. Uh, I don't, I don't understand why he did what he did, but I also know that he walked it all back because the the college basketball you know, oligarchy of coaches, they, you know, someone reach out to him. I don't know who he's close to, if it's Bill Self or if it's Rick Pitino or if it's, you know, God for, you know, Frank Hayes. I don't know who the hell called him. Somebody called him and said, uh, you better walk that shit back or you're not going to be coaching for very long. Um, and then Coach K called him on the back end to do the Dean Smith thing, which is to be like, I'm above it, you know. Uh, it was all a totally joke. fine, but but he probably called him something, you know what I mean? He probably called him a fucker, you know what I mean, off the air uh, right before he called him. Uh, and, you know, NATO deserves that. So I think I think it all checks out. I think the label is correct. But the Alabama program is in good hands. Like, he actually is recruiting his ass off. So Coach K has a rival. This could be Coach K's rival late in life. Um, and it's a man by the name of Oates. Uh, you know what I mean? That's – but somehow poetic, I guess. Where and Coach K needs somebody. He needs somebody in the SEC to re, you know ruffle his feathers and and get them all riled up. So he loved the deep down. He hates he hates hate or he loves hate. And when you hate on him, he he soaks it in like a sponge and just it powers him. He's still coaching. He I mean, how old is he? Nobody knows. Exactly, exactly. He's a warlock. He'll he'll coach forever. I hope. I hope so. I never want him to leave. That's what I – people get that misconstrued. They think my hate is like, I want to get rid of him. No, I want him to stay forever. I want – it's good to have a villain. You know what I mean? What is a, what is a movie experience if you're watching superheroes and they're just fighting each other? You're like, I don't want to watch Civil War, Marvel characters fight each other. I want to watch them fight Thanos or whatever the fuck his name is. So that's that's – that's what Coach K is. He is that character, and I and I love him for that, and I hate him obviously for that. So, 
Bad guy of the week, Nate Oates. <laughs> and who's then next? Who's the good who's the, Yeah. The bad guy and Andrew, you oh, can yeah. you can dive into it. But we're gonna go with an under the radar somehow he's under the radar now, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Penny Hardaway. Mr. One cent himself. And Andrew, it's not because he's paying dudes to come to college. Why? Why is he our bad guy? He's our bad guy because he paid uh James Wiseman to play high school basketball in Memphis. So he's he's bad guy of forever because he mixes it up. He finds different ways to get players into his state. He is just – and his nickname is literally one cent, and you know he's spending 400 million times that to get James yeah. Wiseman to the city. Bad guy of the millennium, Penny Hardaway. Yeah, we agree. We agree. I, I think Titus – I'll speak for Titus in the sense that we actually – we want Penny to up the ante, if if anything, you know. I think if he really wants to be the bad guy of the century, it's, you know, he went after Rick Barnes and it didn't really work. He had James Wiseman. He, he like you said, he planted that seed long before. I mean, talk about waiting for the fruits uh, of something that you have been planning and plotting for some time. This guy planted James Wiseman there and then formed a coup against Tubby Smith and then got the job right on time to have James Wiseman. And, of course, the NCAA stepped in because they were like, did this guy plant this guy here and then plan this whole thing out? Yes, he did. That's, <laughs> that's the bad guy move that we all wanted him to make. But we needed him to capitalize. We needed him to make some noise. Uh, I think Precious Achua, who we had last year, was uh, like a workhorse. And he's going to be great on the Miami Heat. He's going to learn from Udonis Haslam and Chris Silva and those guys. And I, I think he's going to have a great career. So I think Penny will be able to point to him and point to Wiseman in the league, continue to recruit off that. But, we, you know, Tyson and I were just talking about this. We don't even know how much the one and done even matters anymore because some of these kids, you know, come in and they're highly ranked and you're, you know, it's, it's they confusing stink. at some level. So, what's that? I said, and they stink. We, Me and Dockage, yeah, yeah. yeah. we were always under the impression that, and this is from his Michigan days, that five stars get you fired. Five stars get you fired. Yeah. Feel free to steal that. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, especially Jay Wright will tell that story, right? I mean, Jay Jay Wright is like every time he he wins, and then he starts getting a couple. Like Quinterly is the perfect example, you know. Quinterly yeah. goes there, he's Mister Five Star, he's going to be the point guard of Villanova as a freshman, and he's just like a fucking nightmare because <laughs> he's like I he's like, what do you mean I run off your offense? I run my offense, which is I shoot, and everyone's like, no, no, sir, that's not the offense. Bounce passes not- along the perimeter, please. Bounce passes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Can we can we make an entry pass and then maybe we can take a three pointer? Uh, like, <laughs> what is going on? And anyways, you're 100 percent right. Five stars. It's a, it, it. Coach Calipari's living it right now. I mean, he he's had some great years, obviously, but he's also had some fortunate things happen. Like Bam out of bio was going to NC State. That was a fact. And then you know, Coach Calipari loses somebody. I can't remember who it was at this point. And then Bam, he's like, okay, I'm going to get Bam, you know. And then Bam's amazing, and Bam's great. Um, you know, Shea Gildas-Alexander fell into his lap. The rest of those kids kind of sucked, you know. I mean, it quickly turned out better than I thought. But, like, it took some time, you know. You can't just put people in and expect them to be good. Five stars are a problem. But Alabama's going to be doing that. They're going to be turning five stars around. Nate Oates will be the perfect example of that. He'll probably get fired. And uh, and then you'll you'll say your thing. You'll 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 literally look at the camera and be like, "What did I say, Coach? Five stars to get you fired." And, you bad uh, guy, Nate. So it's all your fault. Um, you got it. You got to get out of here. 
but Tay, we'll we'll let you go after this. Our last thing, and this is what we all, yeah. always do yeah. with with all of our guests. So, um, love it. How we end the show is we open up the floor, and there's no better person to open up the floor to than you because you do this for a living. So, without further ado, yeah. hey, whatever questions you have for us, please ask away. Joey, uh, do you have a job? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was the Mark Tatum <laughs> question. Uh, I. Uh, I no, do. I mean, how did you how did you guys get uh, how did you guys get connected? I, I never heard the story. That that's that's my that's why I flipped the question. How did you guys come into existence to drive the lane? Flash, how did you guys meet? You got Missouri, Ohio State. What happened? What's Joey? I always tell it. So let's see if you can tell it. All right. Yeah. I'll oh, talk. all right. So, okay. All right. Let's go. Uh, we we grew up in rival uh, rival villages, rival towns in uh, in the north North Shore of Chicago. Um, we Love grew it. up like playing with each other against each other. You know how it goes. Eventually, yes. um, I went to Deerfield High School, which turned into a juggernaut beating his high school every single game, year in and year out. I so eventually, Deerfield. Andrew was like, I got to get connected with this guy some way, somehow. He is a superstar. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, what happened was we were always friendly, play, playing sports, whatever, with each other. And then yeah. um, we went our separate ways for college, obviously. We were never closer than like, hey, how are you? What's up? Whatever. Um, and then in Andrew turning into the elite journalist that he was in college and me turning into the mediocre basketball player that I was in college, he wanted to interview me for a story. So that's how we got reconnected, you know, telling, telling all about how this Jewish kid got to Ohio state and yada, yada, yada. Um, fast forward to when we graduate, Andrew has a different podcast where he goes around interviewing local semi celebrities from our, from the North shore of Chicago. And somehow he's, must have had an off week because I was on the show. Um, Love and, it. Love it. and from there, we, that was kind of how we re-reconnected. And he said, Joey, I have, a, I have a pretty good idea I want to run by you. Um, we should do like a Joey tell-all three-part podcast about your experience with Ohio State, the stories you couldn't tell when you were in school, blah, blah, blah. And we'll get sponsors yep. and we'll just release three episodes and we'll be on our way with hundreds of thousands of dollars in our pockets. Um, and yeah. Yeah, that's how <laughs> and, that's how it goes right exactly so we did the three-part series we had awesome guests we had you know we had jared sollinger and and, and aaron Kraft and john diebler for these three-part episodes like they were awesome yeah uh, and we were like why should we stop doing this so we just yeah, kept doing sure. it and uh here we are we now we live in different states which makes it a little bit harder but they thank god for covid we don't we don't even have to be with each other so um yeah. so yeah that kind yeah. of that's our that's the drive drive the lane inception story i love it that's a beautiful story i uh i mean it's great to see that we got a real journalist here andrew great respect tip of the cap from a real journalist the, the j we'll have a j conversation on our own time uh we'll leave Titus <laughs> and Joey to have their, their, their own conversation uh, but yeah, man, this is uh, this has been great. I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I think you guys uh, got a nice little thing going. So uh, shout out to the podcasters. Titus and I were talking about this when we were at the Maui Invitational. Um, everyone, when we were walking to a room, they, you know, we would be like, you know, who are you? And we were like, we're here with Titus and Tate, and you know, my production company did the whole thing. So I was like, we're over figures or whatever. And uh, and every single time they'd be like, oh, you guys are the podcasters, and we're in North Carolina. And just the tone that they took, I mean, it was just as if we were TikTokers. So I had to keep prefacing to all these people, we are not TikTokers, we are podcasters. Um, they, they, the podcasters are getting a bad rap, so you guys are doing a good job. 
Uh, keep keep sticking your neck out there. Be good podcasters. Uh, there's some. They're, 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 we're all getting a bad rap. Uh, somehow they've we've merged with influencers and TikTokers and YouTubers, <laughs> and I do not want to be in that company um, if I can help it because I don't want to have to box Jake Jake Paul at one point in my career <laughs> to like stay stay in the business or something. I don't know how far it goes in the vortex. We're getting close to idiocracy, so. Uh, I appreciate you guys being professional and uh, be, being pro podcasters and uh, for having me on. It's been great. I had a great conversation. I, I know I rambled on a bunch about a bunch of bullshit, but uh, that's, that's what a podcast is. That's the beauty that's, of it. That is, that is what we love. And we, we appreciate you coming on. Obviously, this will not be our last time on. That's kind of how this works is we have a, a long yeah. list of rotations, so you'll be back on eventually, and we can't wait for that. And we also can't wait for the Drive the Lane Titus and Tate crossover episode that I'm sure will happen at, at some point, whether Titus it likes has it or to. It has to. <laughs> it has to. It has to. It has to. We'll make, we'll, we'll make Titus do it, and I'll, and I'll make sure he asks you nice questions, Joey. I, we need him. We need, we need, we need more, uh, you know, friendly podcast, friendly fire. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's yeah. what we'll work on 2021. Uh, appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Uh, drive the lane, all the above. Uh, Bill Walton's the best, you know, no shade to Bill Walton. I feel like people are going to think that I shade <laughs> Bill Walton. Don't let that happen. <laughs> we won't. No chance. No chance. Thanks, Just man. That's it. Perfect. Appreciate you guys. All right, double dose of interviews, and we got a little surprise. No Mizzou Minute this week, but a special edition of Drive the Land will be coming out shortly featuring us and Mizzou head coach Conzo Martin. Stay tuned for that. Joey's excited because that it's my – I'm thrilled, and it's going to be the Mizzou 15 minutes, which is even better, which is why we saved it. Um, it's my time to shine, baby. It's my time to shine. It's going to be fun for me to sit there like this with my with my legs up, my feet up, relaxing, and just listen to you ask questions about the fucking columns and stuff. <laughs> so there's a there's a hype video that was from like the first week that uh, Konzo was at uh, at Mizzou because he went to the student center and passed out donuts and they posted a hype video and I'm in the hype video getting the donut from him taking a bite. It's been a lot of talk about my my eating habits on this episode. Greenberg was roasting me. Uh, now I'm talking about the donut. You guys should see me now though if we're being uh, if we're being honest. But. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for Conzo. We need Dockage to come on to ask you about how much weight you've lost. That's what we're missing. I'm excited for Conzo. We're excited for the Big Ten Championship. We're excited for Ohio State UCLA. We didn't even really preview that game because we haven't had enough time to really like there wasn't dissect a, it. We don't want to give you guys a seven-hour episode, so exactly. But next Tate, time you hear from us, Dave Frazier talked enough Ohio State basketball and college basketball for everyone. His soliloquy had me. Rolling on the floor, laughing because we literally were like, "Tate, we're giving you the floor," and he took the floor and he ran with it. But really fun episode because you got uh, um, the best of both worlds there. I mean, it's just the, the football and the basketball. It's just it was just good. But next time you'll be hearing from us, Ohio State basketball will have another win under their belt, and uh, Ohio State football will be going to the playoffs. So that's pretty fun. I want to give a shout out to my cousin Carly. Uh, because it's her birthday right now as we're recording. And usually I talk about her husband, who's my, I guess, quote-unquote, married-in cousin, and she gets jealous. So shout-out to my cousin Carly. All right, do a shout-out for someone, Joe. Um, oh, shout-out to my sister, Hannah. She is going to be at the Big Ten Championship game because she's friends with a football player on Northwestern. Um, or her, her best friend 
her her best friend's boyfriend is a player on Northwestern, so she's going with her to the. She game. better so, be wearing red. She better be wearing red. So so she's wearing so she's wearing. She asked me where my jackets were at home, so she'll be wearing red. But um, shout out to her because if you if the early drive the lane uh, listeners remember our first few episodes, we used to talk to Hannah about boots on the ground for Ohio State football. She was our on-campus correspondent. So she will, again, be our on-campus correspondent for the game um, against Northwestern this weekend. So shout-out to Hannah. (laughs) Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. And coming soon, go Tigers. Go go Tigers. (laughs) Go Tigers. 16th-ranked Missouri Tigers. No, uh, that's enough. All right, we're (laughs)